Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque, back again with another episode for you guys. And as always, I am so happy and grateful that you guys are here with me this week and every week. Welcome back if you've been listening to me for a while. And if this is your first time listening to me, uh, then welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you guys are here. This week on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about how to use astrology for shadow work. And basically, the way I'm going to start off this podcast is by going over what is shadow work, why is shadow work important, how do you heal your shadow, and then in the second half of the podcast, I'm going to be going over how to use astrology specifically to examine your shadow, figure out what your shadow side is, and how you can use that to heal your shadow side. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Okay, so let's start by going over what is shadow work. Shadow work is essentially this idea in psychology that was initially put forth by a very famous psychologist known as Carl Jung, who I think I've talked about a few times before on the show. And it's this whole idea that we have good and bad traits within all of us. And shadow work is basically looking at any traits that we may be rejecting and really examining those and just one, cultivating awareness for them, and two, just looking at how these different traits and qualities manifest within ourselves and how can we either cultivate more of it or shed some light on it and begin to heal it. Um, Carl Jung has this very famous quote about, um, if I am to be whole, surely I must cast a shadow. And I'm not even sure that that's the exact quote, um, but it's something along those lines. You guys can probably look it up and find it on Google if you want to know the exact quote. But it's this idea that everything that's whole and complete, which all of us are as people, um, all of it has what's known as a shadow side. So we all have these traits that Um, we oftentimes see in others that we either accept or reject within ourselves. So I learned a little bit about this when I was going through my NLP training, which is uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming Training. And during that training, we talked about this thing called projection, which is also very heavily tied in to Carl Jung and shadow work and all that good stuff. And projection is basically whenever we notice qualities in others, whether they're good or bad, these qualities are also qualities we have within ourselves. So if you have a person in your life that really gets on your nerves or that you really can't stand, that's a really good healing opportunity to be really honest with yourself and to just take a moment to step back and be like, okay, do I really have these qualities within me. And some people, you know, you might look at it and be like, no, I definitely, I don't do that. But again, it's really important to be honest with yourself because oftentimes we do have a lot of these qualities within ourselves. And it's this form of self-rejection where we're rejecting these negative traits that we dislike about ourselves or dislike in others. And really, when you dislike something in others, you're also disliking that quality within yourself as well. So in its most simplest form, shadow work is really just self-rejection and looking at those qualities within yourself, whether they're good or bad, that you naturally just tend to reject and shedding light on those and working towards healing those aspects of yourself. And we all have them within us. Like, no one is all good or all bad. I feel like I talk about this a lot, especially when I talk about zodiac signs and how there's no one zodiac sign that's inherently good or bad. It's just like people and everything else. Like, nothing is inherently good or bad. 
um, at least, again, when it comes to people and personalities. And even then, sometimes too much of a good thing can also be bad. So it all kind of goes back to balance in a way. But overall, all you need to know in its simplest form is that shadow work is just healing the parts of yourself that you reject, whether they are good or bad. Next, I want to talk about why is shadow work important? I think a lot of people tend to get kind of scared of shadow work because it sounds scary and the idea of looking at yourself through a very brutally honest lens can feel like a lot and this is a lot of work so it is kind of a lot it's not going to just happen overnight most of the time sometimes there's things that you kind of have to keep on and off working on throughout your life additionally a lot of the time people don't even know what shadow work is so hopefully that last little segment was helpful to getting you guys to understand what shadow work is because if you don't know what shadow work is how can you actually begin to do the work So just understanding it at base can be really, really helpful. And the reason you want to do shadow work is for multiple different reasons. One is it can be incredibly healing when you actually recognize like, oh yeah, this is something that is uh, just an issue that I either need to work through or accept. And that's the other reason why this work is so important because what it really comes down to is self-acceptance. And when you actually begin to acknowledge and accept yourself, that is a huge game changer, I think, especially in terms of insecurities in particular. Someone or something, I can't remember if it was a person I was talking to or something I was reading, but something came up for me a little while back where I was personally, so I'm. you guys know I'm a Virgo and Of course, most Virgos, unless you're like probably the more mature version of Virgo, um, you know, we tend to be very sensitive to criticism. And a lot of that comes from the fact that Virgos are also very critical themselves. And like, obviously, Virgos are the type of sign that they can sort of dish it out, but they can't always take it. And what I realized is the reason that Virgos have a hard time receiving criticism is because people who are already insecure... Um, have a very hard time taking feedback or criticism from people because especially Virgos and obviously this can apply to anyone not just Virgos but I'm just saying Virgos especially or people with Virgo in their chart um, you know we already criticize ourselves so much so it's like we're almost like already aware of like our perceived flaws and so when other people point things out to us it's like almost painful and so basically, I forget what it was, but I was I just came across this thing that pointed out that, you know, people who are secure in themselves and accept themselves and are confident, they're not going to be bothered as much by other people giving them feedback or critique or criticism or whatever it is, whether the criticism is actually helpful or not helpful is kind of beside the point. But I think shadow work can be really helpful with stuff like that. Like if you're the type of person who does struggle with feeling insecure as we all tend to do from time to time, this can be a really great path for you to go down because once you start to really look at yourself and to accept yourself and just have that awareness of like, yes, this is a thing that I feel insecure about or yes, there this is a thing that bothers me, there's a couple different things you can do, right? You can either do something to try to improve that so you feel more confident about it or you can just accept that that's just not who you are or that's just not the type of person you are and that's actually sometimes an okay thing to just accept that like maybe you're not that kind of a person but even then and this is the funny thing with shadow work is because it's kind of like a two-way mirror even if you look at something and you think like well I don't have that on some level you do 
um, if it's a trait that you desire, because whether it's good or bad, um, it all kind of coexists within you. But it's this whole idea that, you know, we're all whole and complete. And when you're rejecting parts of yourself, whether they're good or bad, um, again, that's just rejection. And when you reject things, you're not being your full whole authentic self that you are because we all came here as complete souls and people and we all have different jobs and missions and so it's harder for you to follow your soul's purpose and that mission if you're actively rejecting these parts of yourself so again this work is more for you to do and i i can't it's hard for me to give examples i probably will give one later on when we get more into the astrology aspect of it but you know, depending on what it is you're working through, I, I really trust that you guys are going to know sort of how to alchemize that. Um, and what I mean by alchemizing it is, you know, just taking whatever it is, whether it's a trait that you dislike and turning it into a positive or vice versa, um, you know, because that's really what it's all about is just taking the negative and transforming it to a positive or transforming it into acceptance or whatever it is that you need. Um, and there's so many different things you can do. You can journal about it. You can talk to somebody about it. You can record. If you're like a very um, talkative person and you're like the type of person who um, processes things like through talking, which I personally, I know I'm one of those people. Um, something that might be helpful to you is just getting out your phone and recording a voice memo and just recording you know, everything you want to say with no filters, not editing anything and just say it on your phone and you can keep it for you and just listen to it once or, you know, a couple times and then maybe journal about it or whatever feels right to you. And then you can delete it after or whatever if you want to keep it totally up to you. But those are just some ideas for sort of how to process it and just, again, why it's important. Um, so yeah, that's the why of it. Let's move on to the how, which I already sort of started to cover here because if you guys have been listening to me for a while, I think some of you know I tend to jump around a little bit. And you know what? That's okay. We're going we're gonna to work with it. So yeah, how do you heal your shadow side? And so again, awareness is always the number one thing when it comes to healing anything, whether it's emotional triggers or trauma or whatever, like just by being aware that this stuff is going on, in my opinion, is always the first step. Because once you have that awareness, you'll be aware of when it starts to come up and then you can hopefully, in a mindful way, start to talk yourself through it or work through it or just find a better way to cope with it. So for me, awareness is number one. Because if you're not aware of your shadow side, how can you heal it? Like if you don't know it's there, like nothing's going to get solved. It's like, you know, if you had a, a bullet wound in your back and I don't know, for whatever reason, you just didn't know it was there, um, you know, maybe you would just bleed out and die. Like if, you know, and that's assuming that we're in some sort of universe where we don't feel pain and wouldn't notice a bullet wound going through our back for some reason. But do you guys get what I'm saying? Like if you couldn't feel pain and, you know, someone shot you in the back and you somehow didn't notice and Again, also assuming maybe you don't notice a hole going through your front because <laughs> um, I imagine that's what would happen. And I don't know why I'm using this analogy. But, um, you know, if you couldn't feel pain and you couldn't see that it was there, like, yeah, you'd probably bleed out and lose all your blood and die. And I apologize if anyone is like me and um, gets very squeamish at the mention of blood. Um, this is all just random stuff that's popping into my head. So if this is like grossing you out, I'm, I apologize because... I am also one of those people who gets really grossed out by that stuff. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, so just cultivating that awareness. And there's so many different ways that you can cultivate that awareness. Today, I'm really going to be talking about um, how to use your astrology in your own personal natal chart to um, really look at the signs in your chart and see how that applies to you and your personality and what traits you may be rejecting or not accepting. But before we get into that, um, I'm going to take a quick break here and just talk to you guys a little bit about my beginner astrology course that I am launching in May that I'm really, really excited about. If you guys are here with me last week, some of you already know this course is for complete beginners. This is for people that look at a natal chart and they're like, what the heck is this? I have no idea what any of this stuff means. I want to understand it, but I have no idea. If you guys don't even know what a natal chart is or a birth chart is, but you would like to know, um, this is the course for you. It is my 10-week course that's going to be done via Zoom. And over that 10 weeks, I'm going to walk you through all of the fundamentals of astrology all the way up until the point where you can accurately read and analyze a natal chart. And that's my overall goal for this course is to teach people who don't know how to read a natal chart to actually read a natal chart. So if you're curious to know more about looking at charts, whether it's for you or other people, I highly recommend you shoot me an email at spacewitchreadings at gmail.com. And you definitely want to make sure you sign up soon because at this very moment, I only have about eight spots left in the course. And I'm also offering this course at an extremely discounted price for the first and only time ever. It is only $90. It will not be this price ever again if I decide to relaunch this course in the future. So if you want to take advantage of that, make sure you send me an email. You can pause this episode, send me an email, and come back to it because this is the only time it'll be that much. And as some of you may already know, a lot of astrology courses tend to go for, you know, hundreds to thousands of dollars. And I am offering it at this special price because it's my first time doing the course. And I'm really just focused on making sure that it is a great course for you guys. So if you really want to learn more about astrology, make sure you take advantage of this opportunity because after this round, it will not be at this price again. And like I said, I only have eight spots. So make sure you sign up soon and just shoot me an email or even a DM on Instagram. And yeah, let's get back to this week's episode. Okay, so for the second half of this episode, I'm going to be going over how you can work with astrology and use your personal natal or birth chart to identify your shadow side. So like I said, there's a lot of different ways you can do this. And if some of you follow me over on TikTok, which yeah, by the way, I'm on TikTok now at Whitney the Space Witch, same as my Instagram handle. I, I know it's weird. I never thought I would be on TikTok, but um, I am. And I've been serving up little daily tidbits of astrology information. So if you guys are on TikTok and you want to check it out, you can go follow me on there. But anyways, um, yeah, this is, I've talked a little bit about this on TikTok and even Instagram recently about how you can use your natal chart to identify your shadow side. So I have a couple different tips and tricks here that I'm going to go over. The first one is that, and this is a really easy thing you can do, pick your favorite or least favorite zodiac sign and just make a list and write down all the things you like or dislike about that sign or people you know with that sign. And then just take a moment and journal and reflect on 
either why you like or dislike those traits and then just think about like how do you present those traits in your life or how do you not present those traits in your life. That's one really easy way to do shadow work and to, how do I put it, Um, just identify that part of yourself that you may be rejecting. If you guys want an example, um, my personal example of this is Um, I have always had a really rough time with people who had, um, Aries as their sun sign or Aries in their natal chart, which don't get me wrong, by the way, I have met a lot of Aries that I really liked, but, um, there have definitely been a lot of Aries that I just didn't mesh with. And one day I actually realized that the reason I have a hard time with Aries people is because a lot of the times they're very direct and they're very blunt And a lot of Aries actually have really good, strong boundaries, which looking back on that, I actually really admire that about people with Aries in their chart. But at the time when I was dealing with these people, I realized that the reason I was having issues with it is because I noticed, oh yeah, I don't have very strong boundaries. So when other people set boundaries with me, that kind of hurts my feelings. And so from there, I kind of, you know, I did some Googling and some searching and was like, okay, why do my feelings get hurt when people set boundaries with me? And what I ended up learning was that... um, I forget there's like a word for it for what it's called when you're I think when your feelings get hurt from people setting boundaries but essentially what I learned is that that all just stems from trauma and rejection in childhood and just feeling rejected by people who set boundaries with you and so just cultivating that awareness for me really helped me to realize like oh this person's setting a boundary and it's not actually a personal thing and I can set my own boundaries too and when people set boundaries it's really good for everyone involved so it's not actually an issue or as much of an issue as I was making it out to be or it's not as personal as I was taking it out to be. And then going back to what I said about how I had a huge issue with people with Aries in their chart being very blunt and direct, I didn't like that because, guys, I have a ton of cancer in my chart and a lot of like earth and water in my chart. And I try to be very kind when I talk to people and, you know, use my words. And so um, I've noticed that people with this trait tend to, again, they just, they're so blunt and direct that from my perspective, I was taking that as them being like rude or mean, which I mean, I guess on some level, I still think some of it's kind of rude if I'm being honest. But even then, just cultivating that awareness that like I was taking it that way was just a huge game changer for me. And that, you know, again, it's not always a personal thing. It's just Aries is a sign that's like very quick and very efficient and like, let's go, let's like just get it done. So like, they'll just be very blunt about stuff. I did a lot of healing through like looking at Aries and looking at those traits that I disliked. And just bringing that awareness to them and really just thinking like, oh, yeah, like I don't like this. Same thing with like bossiness. Like I have a really hard time with like people who get really bossy with me or try to tell me what to do. But 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 I had to realize that I'm also a very bossy and maybe even sometimes a little bit of a controlling person because I think in a way bossy and controlling can kind of go hand in hand and it's also a trait that I think is very common with anxious people and people who deal with anxiety because we want to try to control everything and we can't always do that unfortunately so there was some healing that I had to do with that as well and realize like okay like maybe I don't need to control every situation or um, 
take charge or tell people what to do all the time. Maybe I can I can back off a little bit. Um, or maybe it's not even really a bad thing. Maybe, you know, being bossy is actually can be a good quality. And I think there are definitely cases where um, it definitely can be a good quality as well. So again, it goes back to that acceptance aspect of it. The second way that you can use astrology to heal your shadow side is by looking at your first house and your seventh house in your natal chart. The first house is also known as your rising sign or ascendant. Your seventh house is also known as your descendant. And the way that I personally apply this to shadow work is, so first I would encourage you guys to look at your first house, also known as your rising sign or your ascendant, and just look at what sign that's in. And think about all the traits about that sign that you really like or even just the traits about yourself that you you really like that you know are tied in with that sign. And I look at that house as being the house where, you know, that's all the good stuff that we like to put out to the world and that we like to show off and that we're like, oh, yeah, I'm so humanitarian using my Aquarius rising rising as an example, or um, yeah, I'm so funny if you're like maybe a Leo rising or something. Um you know, that's the that's the area of our life where, you know, we really, I think, tend to shine because that house is that's like our appearance and how we come off to the world and how we come off when we meet people one on one. It's that persona that we give off when, you know, we're meeting people for the first time and we're like, wow, I really want this person to like me. And I think your Venus placement can tie into that a little bit, too. But we're not talking about that today. We're just talking about the, the rising sign. And so with that rising sign, You know, that's like where we put like the best version of ourselves out into the world. It's who we think we are. It's who we want to be. It's who, you know, we want people to perceive us as essentially. And so I would look to that house to look at like all the good qualities, all the things that we play up, all the things that we like about ourselves. And technically you could apply this to anything in your chart where it's like, you know, you have a favorite placement that you really like and you like it because you think that it gives you X, Y, and Z qualities. So that's another thing you can do as well. But anyway, you can look to that rising sign to just see like, you know, all the good qualities that you put out there. And then once you do that, look at your seventh house. Now, this is where it gets a little more, maybe I would say not so fun. This is where we get a little bit more into like the projection side of it. Um, So the seventh house is a really great house to look at for shadow work. For so many different reasons. Um, The first reason is that the seventh house, whatever sign that that's in, and it's always going to be the opposite of whatever your first house or rising sign or ascendant is in. So like if I have Aquarius rising, for example, the opposite of that is always going to be Leo because Leo is the opposite sign of Aquarius. And so in that seventh house, it's that house is all about partnerships. And I always say that partnerships, whether it's a friendship, a romantic relationship, or even like, you know, a business partnership or someone in your family. Every partnership that we engage in, it's always like this mirror where we learn about ourselves through other people because other people reflect back at us um, just any traits that we have, whether it's good or bad. And so because this is the house of partnerships, it shows the type of people that we may be attracted to. And the reason we're attracted to these people is because they either embody something that we have within ourselves that we like, or it's something that we completely reject in ourselves that we need to stop rejecting, and that's why we're so drawn to them. And I think that kind of ties in a little bit with that whole saying about how opposites attract. And it's like, yes, opposites do attract because usually opposites, they have one mutual thing in common, but then 
on the other end of that, you know, you guys go about things in completely different ways, but together you sort of complete each other in a way. So that's one way that you can use the seventh house to do shadow work. The other way you can use shadow work, um, or sorry, the other way you can use the seventh house to do shadow work is by looking at whatever that sign is and just looking at the traits within that sign that you dislike and how, you know, in your own way, you're rejecting that part of yourself. Um, again, the seventh house, so the first, let me backtrack. So the first house is how other people view us. The seventh house is how we view other people. And so that's a very important house to look at because whatever traits, as I've already said, probably like a million times in this episode, whatever traits we see in other people that we like or dislike, we also have within ourselves. And so we either have to heal it or we have to nurture it. And whatever that ends up being, is up to you. Sometimes it's also just acceptance. Like I said, it's sometimes you don't have to heal or nurture it, but sometimes maybe you just accept it for what it is and then you become more confident in that thing, like I said. So that's another way the seventh house can help with shadow work. And just to give you guys a little example of that, um, I've used these examples a lot on the podcast, but that's because these two happen to be my favorite ones and not just because, you know, one of them is directly about me. Um, and even that, I feel like, is my own shadow side sort of coming out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, the first example I like to give is I'm an Aquarius rising and my descendant is Leo. And the whole dynamic between Leo and Aquarius is that Aquarius tends to be more humanitarian and more focused on other people and, you know, doesn't really like attention as much. And then on the other end of that, you have Leo where Leo is more like, everybody look at me, look how great I am. And like, you know, it's it's all about them. And, you know, I don't know, Leo's kind of have this rep for like wanting and liking attention. And what's very interesting about these signs is that just like all the other opposite signs, their two halves are two sides of the same coin. And what I mean by that is Leo and Aquarius, the thing they have in common is that they're both very much based around ego. But they have, they express the ego in two very different ways. So Leo is a little bit more direct where it's like, you know, everyone look at me, look how great I am. Everyone give me attention, right? But Aquarius, on the other hand of that is, you know, they're more rebellious and weird and quirky and maybe try to pretend like they don't really like attention. But the ironic thing about that is that by trying to act super weird and quirky, you're also drawing attention to yourself because you're deviating from the norm. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, it's just ironic because Aquarius tries to be so different. And obviously that is a really beautiful and wonderful thing in its own way. But it's just interesting to me how it also attracts attention um, in a slightly different way than maybe Leo does. And then, you know, on the other end of that, there's the whole idea that, you know, sometimes when we're putting on this big show to be like, look how humanitarian and selfless I am, it's actually just virtue signaling. And so even though you think that you're doing this really great selfless thing, which, you know, a good deed is still a good deed at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing. But um, again, it's still a different way of like drawing attention to you and the ego. So um, that's just one thing to keep in mind with that. Um, how that applies to, for example, my rising sign and my descendant is, and again, this is just a really brief example that I've used a lot on the podcast, but, you know, I, I do, I honestly do view myself as being someone who's like very humanitarian and looks after others, but on the other end of that, and my sister, who's a Leo, oddly enough, um, actually pointed this out to me, was that, um, 
I'm also incredibly selfish sometimes. And so that's like a hard pill to swallow. Like nobody wants to admit, oh yeah, I'm wicked selfish. Like that's, you know, that's hard, right? Like, like I'm not even kidding you guys. I feel awkward saying that on my podcast over the air. And yeah, it's it's definitely a hard thing to admit. I mean, I'm still doing it because... I mean, I like to teach you guys, and the whole reason I am doing this podcast is because I like to, you know, share things that I think are helpful with you guys. But anyway, so that's one example. Another example that I've seen with people who have Sagittarius rising is, you know, Sagittarius is a very, like, mature sign or a sign that at least likes to think that they're mature. And on the other end of that, you have Gemini, which is a very immature sign. So if you're a Sagittarius rising, one example of this is you might tell everyone, come on, guys, be mature, be mature. But then on the other end of that, you might actually be a very immature person. Maybe when you get emotional or angry or upset, you know, you decide to like throw a fit or, um, you know, just make this big fuss because things aren't going your way. And, you know, I think most people would say like that's a pretty immature thing to do. But then when other people are doing it, they're the same ones being like, you know, come on, like grow up, be mature, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, I'm not saying that every Sagittarius rising out there is like this, but that's just one example that I've personally noticed and observed with that placement. So it's up to you guys to, you know, look at the signs that are on your first house and your seventh house and to look at those traits and see how they sort of play off of each other. Um, and just, you know, like I said, cultivate that awareness to, you know, figure out what parts of yourself either need to be cultivated or, you know, worked back into your persona or healed or accepted. And I think that's pretty much just everything I wanted to say about shadow work. I know shadow work can be a really tricky thing to talk about and even sometimes a tricky thing to heal, but hopefully I gave you guys some really helpful tips and tricks on how to actually begin that healing journey. If you liked this podcast episode, do me a huge favor and leave me a review on iTunes. It helps out the podcast like you would not believe and it helps more people to find the show and just know that I really, really super appreciate it. Also, before I sign off, I just want to let you guys know that Next Tuesday, there will not be a new podcast episode. If anything, it'll probably maybe be out Wednesday or Thursday because I have some family stuff that I have to attend to that uh, that day. So I will not be around to record the podcast. So keep an eye out for maybe Wednesday or Thursday for the next podcast to come out. After that's over, though, I'm going to get back to posting these episodes on Tuesdays instead of Wednesdays because, as I mentioned in the last one, Tuesdays just work a lot better for me. So I will see you guys next week. If you want to connect with me further, you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Whitney the Space Witch. You can also connect with me over on Facebook at the Space Witch Podcast. Everything will be linked in the show notes. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Don't forget, you are so much more than your sun sign, and I will catch you here next time on the Space Witch Podcast.